Hello and welcome to Succeed Through Speaking, the place for experts and entrepreneurs who want high value ideas to boost business results. Hello, I'm Tom Bailey, and in today's Speaker Stories episode, I'll be getting to know Chris Barres Brown, who's an author, a keynote speaker, and founder of both Upping Your Elvis and Talk It Out. So, Chris, hello, and a very warm welcome to today's episode. Great to be with you, Tom. Thank you so much. And just out of interest for me and all the listeners, whereabouts in the world are you right now? So, I'm, I'm actually at my home, but it's, it's also the headquarters of uh, my organizations in uh, Lyme Regis, down on the South Coast. Awesome. Thank you so much for sharing. And I just want to share a little bit more about you before we do get started. So, Chris has a natural ability to uncover everyone's inner genius and therefore people to get their energy right so that they can achieve more through their unique talents and be extraordinary every single day. So quite an incredible journey, and I know you regularly work with global brands like Nike and Coca-Cola, and I've also just found out you did 14 speaker gigs in 10 days. Um, And given the topic of this podcast, I'd love to find out how important has public speaking been for you over your career? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, I I really enjoy public speaking because um, it gives you a chance to get a message to a different group of people in a different way. So, um, I mean, I like writing books, you know, I do social media, I do all that kind of stuff, but there's nothing quite like being in a room with people and sharing more meaningful communication. Um, and obviously, you know, we've done quite a lot virtually, uh, which, which is great, and I've done a lot of that, but actually to actually share space uh, with, with large groups of people, there's something energetically quite unique about it. Yeah. And therefore, um, most of my work actually comes from referral, from word of mouth. And a lot of it actually comes from speaking. People have had an experience of me and they say, you know what, I need that in my business. Uh, Let's get it on. So I guess benefits for you, benefits for the audience, but also benefits for those people booking you who can bring some great value to their events and and workshops. And and you mentioned that difference between, you know, I guess creating content, you know, written content versus being in the room. And and there's a massive energy difference. Do you think it's, is it connection? Is it being able to look in people's eyes? What, What do you think it is for you? Well, Tom, I'm a huge hippie, um, so um, I, I honestly feel as if, you know, we're all in each other's auras, we're all therefore energetically connected. There is a different bubble of consciousness that happens when you're together. Yeah. And, um, and actually, if you learn how to surf that and play with it, uh, everyone benefits because everyone gets elevated in some way energetically. So mm-hmm. there's just something about that that's quite unique. And, you know, you, you, you see this, I mean, Glastonbury's on at the moment, right? Mm-hmm. There is an energy there that's palpable, it's unique, it's really special. It's not something that you will get down the tube on the TV. It's, no. it's, it's going to be a very different experience. So there's something about being there. And, and that's something very special about speaking. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. I can tell you're so passionate about it. So let's go back to the very beginning then. What's your earliest memory of having to stand up and deliver a presentation? And if you can remember, how did it go? Oh, gosh. Well, I mean... Well, I was in the army at 16, so I yeah. think they made you do that quite a lot at that yeah. point. Um, we used to have balloon debates and all those sorts of things to basically mm-hmm. diminish all your confidence, which was yeah. the way the army works. It was, uh, it was a, it was a character building thing. So um, there was a fair bit of that. Then, but then I, I, I mean, you know, I used to run Carling Black Label, and I had to do quite a lot of presentations, mm-hmm. there, a lot to the media, uh, to the press, etc. And and I just kind of got into it, um, just because there's something about 
communicating with people in a meaningful way that just feels good. So mm. what I learned very early on was I wasn't very good at doing uh, scripted performance. Right? So that's, that's just not me, Tom. So, uh, so as soon as I learned that actually when I was freewheeling, I did better, mm -hmm. I started to embrace it. So good. you know, if you ever see me speak, there'll be very few charts. If they are, they're all pictures or yeah. maybe a word. Mm -hmm. and, um, and, and the fewer the charts, the more freedom I've got to go with the flow of what's in the room. And I think I learned that relatively early on. So, um, I mean, admittedly, everyone, I think, has disasters, don't they? Yeah. In their career. Yeah. Where they get things wrong. They tell a joke that doesn't land. Uh, they fluff their lines. They forget where they are. We've all had that. But each one of those makes you better eventually, I think. Yeah, I love that. And I think scripting was a big mistake that I made early on in my journey. And I think it was through wanting to be perfect, wanting to not embarrass myself, wanting to not make a mistake. I used to just script everything, learn it word for word. And then whenever I delivered, it obviously sounded robotic, quite monotone. And I didn't really have that connection. So I think you figuring out early on that going away from the script is better was a really good thing for you, I'm sure. Um, yeah, so I on. believe in bounce, bounce points. Yeah. You know, you, yeah. There's a bounce point, you've got to get this point and, and that will lead into another, into another. And how you get there, you kind of do in the moment, don't you? But as long as you know your bounce points, you're good. I love that term, bounce points. Yeah, I think I'll, I'll definitely keep that one. Um, so one bit of advice I guess you would have given to an earlier you is definitely don't script. Is there any other advice you would give to an earlier or younger Chris? Um, so, so for me, I think the secrets of, uh, of, of good speaking that for me, and we're all slightly different in how we come at this, so this is quite personal, is... Number one, only talk about stuff you love and, yes. and you've got a passion for. Yeah. Um, there are so many speakers out there. And there's so many things for people to listen to. And you can tell the difference, can't you? You can yes. tell the difference when they are genuine and they mean it and they, mm -hmm. they want you to get it because it's going to help you versus somebody who's just doing it. So do the stuff that counts for you. I think it's really important. Uh, secondly, you know, practice, practice, practice. When I say practice, live audience practice. Yeah. Do stuff for free. Yes. Just get people in front of you and get the hours in because there is no substitute for it. There's no substitute for it. And then obviously when you do that, film as many as you can, get feedback and kind of learn as you, as you iterate. Those are super important. And, and, and actually why I think is a, a very important thing to be able to do is to be able to vary your medium mm -hmm. and your length, right? Yeah. So um, there are some speakers that have a 45 minute gig and it's the same every single time, almost second by second, yeah. they cannot vary it. It's brilliant, don't get me wrong, it's perfectly executed. Mm -hmm. But the world's changed and, and people don't want 45 minutes anymore. You know, th this week I've done everything from 15 minutes. Actually, I've got one on Wednesday that's an hour and a half. Yeah. They're very different gigs. And, you know, I've done 10,000 people in a room, simulcast 120,000. And, you know, this week I've had, on one of them, I had 30. Very different gigs. So flexibility, I think, is really important because actually you should address those in very different ways. So th those are a few things that I would certainly go for. And then just free yourself from visuals and scripts so mm -hmm. that actually you can just be there and you can be the show. Because I yeah. want to hear Tom. I want to hear about yeah. Tom. I don't, wanna, yeah. I don't want all this puffery around you. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I understand. And I think being able to flex and being um, able to go from a 15-minute to a three-hour talk, I guess the bounce points is what, what will help you do that. And um, Just knowing those key points you want to talk about, and then you can add in the stories, the flavor, expand on them depending on how long you've got. Excellent. And so yeah, loads and loads of... You never get the... Sorry. Yeah. I was just going to say, you never get the time that they set, right? So yes. like four of my gigs in the last week, uh, they, they've said you've got an hour or 45 minutes and I've lost a third of it. 
Yeah. So you need to be able to flex as well, don't you? That's, that's yeah. the point. Absolutely. So you've given loads and loads of advice there to people, I guess, just starting out on their journey, wanting to figure out how to get into this world. What about at the other end? What about those people that have been speaking for a little while? They're starting to build up their confidence and they're starting to think, how can I actually get paid to do this? What's that tipping point from doing free gigs to actually getting paid to speak? Um, it's just confidence. Tom. Yeah. That's all it is. What you have to do is you have to say, and here is my fee. Yes. Simple as that. And, and most, most people have got this abject horror of doing that because mm. they think that they'll be found out that they're not good enough. They don't, they don't deserve it. You, you know, people deserve it. You deserve it. You've got to get that money out there. And, and for me, it's really interesting. Um, when I have worked for free in the past, and I've done quite a lot of it, I've done it quite a lot for the charitable sector. It's really interesting. Um, people don't show up mm. because they, yeah. they haven't invested in it. Yes. You know, and it's very easy you know, for the, the audience not to turn up, or if they do turn up, they're not engaged and not committed. When people pay more for me, I get a very serious audience that wants some value. Yeah. I like that, to be honest. Yeah. I, I want people to show up and get value. So, so interestingly, charging often means I get a better gig. Got it. Um, yeah. And, you know, and, and they're there doing the AV with you properly at the beginning, yeah. making sure you got what you need. Because yeah. they know if they don't, they're not getting their money's worth. Yeah. So, so it changes the whole relationship. It also changes the relationship for me because if I'm being paid, I'm going to be on point, right? Absolutely, yeah. And I'm going to make sure that they get their value. So, so it's, it's a mind game. You know, a lot of people don't charge because they just go, oh, I'm not good enough. You know, I can't charge that. Somebody else charges that. They're really good. Rubbish. <laughs> get out there. Yeah. Charge the money. See what happens. And, and I think one key point you mentioned there is, is them getting value. So as long as the audience are getting value and there's content that, that they can take away and they can learn something from, they can implement, and it's worth something, isn't it? So that, that's something else to really think about. Yeah. How do I add some hard. value? And, and look, one of the things that I've done, and I'm, I'm, I'm quite strong on this, so I've spent 20 years speaking, and um, anyone can entertain, right? It's, it's simple. I, we can all tell some stories. We can all make mm -hmm. them laugh, you know. Uh, we, we can hopefully make them go, oh, that's made me think differently. Yeah. But how many people can change behavior? Yeah. Now, for me, I want something to change as a result. I don't want somebody just to go, oh, that was funny, or you know, mm. that was entertaining, or that was engaging. I want something to change at the end. So my question would be, if you want to be a good speaker, yes, you need to be engaging, you need to be compelling, you need to have people's attention. But what is it that you do that's unique to you that means something will change? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, and one thing that I've got is I've got some stuff that comes after my speech that locks it in. There are things that happen afterwards. It's like a sustainability package. That means that everyone that's listened to me, if they want to, can go to that, get support on making sure that something happens afterwards. Because, because for me, life's too short just to entertain. Yeah, yeah. And, and I guess that's also the power of public speaking is if, if you were trying to work with people one-to-one -one over and over again, your impact is limited. Whereas if you can speak in front of 100, 120,000 people online, like you just mentioned, and you can change lives, think of that ripple effect that you're having out there in the world. So it's so powerful as a public speaker. And um, quite a topical question. Um, given the 2019 global pandemic pretty much wiped out in-person stage speaking, what did you do to transition during that period? And, and kind of what, what did you learn during that period? Yeah, so funny enough, um, I, in March 2020, I had my biggest series of live events booked I've ever had. And they yeah. all started in March. Yeah. And literally overnight, they all got turned off. And, all gone. Um, all gone. And all gone. And, um, and actually, there's some pain involved in that. But you know what? I really 
really uh, got an advantage from having some time and space to think about who we were and where we were going. I launched a new business in that time because I had some time to think. We, we, we actually turned our clients onto digital quite quickly. So I would say we, we had three months before we got really good programs on digital. Yep. Or we had all of them on within six months. Yeah, great. And, and we, we were back to pace. And actually, the advantage of not traveling was incredible. Um, yes. So I, you know, I had more time with my, my family, which was amazing. Mm-hmm. But um, I learned a lot because delivery um, on, online is different. And you need to do different things. One thing I invested a lot of time and effort in is tech. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, mm-hmm. you know, if you've got rubbish tech, you will have a rubbish session, really, really yeah. simply. Um, if you learn how to use it and, you know, use like TV production switches, you've got pro mics, you've got pro cameras, all that kind of stuff, um, it makes such a difference. So I invested pretty heavily early on, uh, you know, great lights, all that kind of stuff. And, you know, I'm, I'm so pleased. It's paid for itself a yeah. hundred times over. Yeah. So don't, don't scrimp and save. Don't try and do something on a laptop. Just doesn't work, you know. I mean, and by the way, where, where you're seeing me right now, this is not my studio. My, yes. My, my studio whoop, mm-hmm. is over here with all the pro stuff, right? Incredible. It's very different. With, yeah, it looks uh, great. With, with, you know, sound monitors, visual monitors, the whole lot. And, um, and, and it's, it's a game changer. Love that. That's great. And, and I guess one, one question, I guess, to, to follow on from that. And what I've seen a lot of now is, is the hybrid event. So where you've either got a speaker on stage with audience remote or you've got a speaker remote with the audience on the stage like what what do you think is going to happen going forward will, will we keep hybrid events or will it just go back to completely in person so um i, I i'm gonna be slightly provocative on this one mm-hmm. so um, i think hi- hybrid are going to be here because that's just the way that it is most of my clients will not tell their people to do anything they will always give them choice yeah yeah, yeah. so hey we got this event it's live we'd love you to come if you don't know it's okay we'll make it work for you so you will therefore have hybrid forever. I yeah. think. I think making hybrid work is tough. Mm, so it is. If you think you need good tech just to do a virtual event, you need amazing tech to do hybrid, right? Because if you want people to be equally represented, yeah. they need to have a visual representation of themselves there. You need yeah. to see their faces, hear them as an individual. Mm-hmm. That's that is expensive stuff. I mean, there's, there aren't many people that have got that kit. Google do. You know, there's there's some companies out there, but most people don't. And therefore, they fall down. And what you end up having is a, is a second-class audience. Yeah. You've got the people there who are the first class, and then the others, you know, they're just kind of tuning in. They're not really engaged. They're doing some emails because, you know what, we can't work with them in the same mm-hmm. way. Yeah. So you've got to wait your tech to make that work. And you've got to, therefore, also think about your design differently. Yeah. Because what yeah. can you do? You know, I like interaction. What can you do that's interactive that works for people in the room and not in the room? How do you manage that? You know, so you've got to think these things through. Um, and a lot of people aren't. And, that, and therefore, I've got... A lot of clients who organize big events, they're going, God, I wish we didn't have to do hybrid. Yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, it is. But um, like you said, make sure that you really think it through, have the tech. And, and yeah, I think it's one that's going to continue to develop over time. So very last question from me, and we've had so much value already, but um, if somebody wants to either book you as a speaker or find out more, where can people connect with you online? Yeah, so, I mean, you, you check me out on, on chrisbarrasbrown.com. Um, um, mm-hmm. I'm out there. Um, you find me at the speaking office. They're, they're my agents who are fantastic. Um, or up in your Elvis, you know. So yep. lots of places you can find me. If you look up Chris Barrows Brown, I'll be there. Awesome. Thanks so much. And what I'll do for you, Chris, as well, is I'll post all of those links into the show notes so people can just click on those and dive right in. So, Chris, I just want to just thank you so much again for your time coming along and sharing such incredible value with our audience. And I've personally enjoyed listening to your story today. Hey, it's been a pleasure. Thanks for having me on, Tom. Have a great one.